like you said earlier, we tend to overcorrect. And I think, unfortunately, mm-hmm. there's going to be a lot of nonsense before we, again, overcorrect. And the people that are going to probably suffer those consequences are the people that were allegedly, supposedly trying to protect, right? Mm-hmm. It's just yes, the, it's the nature it's, of the I, beast. I do think this is an overcorrection. But I've also made the point that, do you know what one group never gets an overcorrection on? Women. Hello, everybody. You're listening to Chatting with Candace. I'm your host, Candace Horback. Before we get started on this week's episode, if you want to support the podcast, you can go to chattingwithcandace.com. From there, you can sign up for our Patreon account where you get early access to episodes or you can click that little link that says buy me coffee. Both things help me out a ton as I'm just getting started. And then another way that you can support the podcast is simply by leaving a review and clicking that five star button. And if you're listening on YouTube, don't forget to hit like and subscribe. So one of our last pieces of housekeeping, if you are a CBD fan, it's all the rage. I've been using Amura. It's O-M-U-R-A. And it's really cool. They have this awesome technology that doesn't heat the, the flower. It just kind of warms it. So it keeps it super pure and the integrity stays intact. Um, it's a lot more gentle on your lungs. If you want to try it out, it's a 15% off with code Candice. Again, that's Amura. It's O-M-U-R-A code Candice for 15% off. It is not number one in Europe for no reason. They're starting to make a splash in the States, so definitely go check them out. If you are in a state or country where weed is legal, um, they also have a THC brand or um, line that's really great. But I'm in North Carolina, so CBD for me. And just a couple more things before we head into the episode. So Thursday nights, I'm going to be live on Twitch, and you can follow me on social to see what time I will be broadcasting. Uh, Twitter is probably the best, and it's at Candice Horback or on Instagram. And then Friday nights, we're going to have a new series called Deeper, where I invite the guest to rejoin the conversation. We'll be chatting live and taking guests onto the stage for a live Q&A. So if we touched on topics but we didn't get deep enough, then this is a great opportunity for you to ask our guests and um, participate in the podcast, which is pretty cool. So again, they will all be posted on my social accounts. Um, Times are obviously going to vary to accommodate the guest schedule. So just make sure that you follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Candice Horbeck, and I will keep you updated with my schedule. I'm really excited for this. Um, Clubhouse is a really cool platform, so I hope to see you there. And now a quick word from one of our sponsors. So if you're a fan of CBD, as most people are these days, I started using whole flower CBD from Amura. It's O-M-U-R-A. So it's really unique in the sense that you can shop the different flowers. They kind of give you a tasting menu similar to a wine experience, which I just absolutely love. I think it's such a fun little add-on. They actually don't burn the flower, so it's a gentle heat, which makes it a lot more enjoyable. It keeps the integrity of the flower. It's a lot more gentle on your lungs and just a better experience overall. I like that the dosing is already measured out for you, so there's no no mess. It's like this little cartridge that you can just pop in. And if you want to check it out, you get 15% if you use the code CANDICE. So head on over to amurascbd.com. It's O-M-U-R-A-C-B-D.com and use code CANDICE for 15% off. 
And with all of that said, I hope you enjoy this week's episode. We have CEO of Giggle, Sal Grover. I'll be like totally fine by just three hours. It'll be fine by four and my alarm went off and I was like, what can I quit? Oh my gosh. You're very brave for scheduling something at that hour. I like try to wake up at six if I like really have stuff to get done and I just can't do it. I'm like not a morning person if my life depended on it. I can't do work in the morning and I don't, yeah, like, so I'll go, I'll have like a nap after this for a few hours. (laughs) Yeah, you'll have to. Yeah, but then I don't do much work kind of almost before midday. I'm like, Mm -hmm. I'm a bit useless. Like I can answer a few questions, but I'm a bit like, just leave me alone. And then like, I'll hit my stride and Mm -hmm. I'll work until like, I could work until four o'clock in the morning, no problem. Yeah, late hours aren't an issue for me, but um, we have a one-year-old, so my schedule's been, like, all over the place. <laughs> it takes a lot of energy. I was like, I actually, in my building, there's um, a woman who she has, like, her little girl is just turned, actually just turned one last week, and I was so exhausted yesterday, and I was saying to her, I was like, how do you, how do, you do it? How do moms do it? I'm like, I just, I just have a startup. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's really difficult too. My husband, um, he did the whole like build an app and bootstrap it bit. And you are very brave souls for doing that. It is the most trying thing that we've gone through as a couple. It is like, because my mom and I own Giggle and I'll never forget like the conversation when we're sitting there, like many glasses of wine to the wind and we're like, yeah, we're gonna st- we're gonna create an app for women to connect. If we knew then what we knew now, I'd still do it. Whilst <laughs> it would have been nice to know. <laughs> like, oh my gosh! So how what was that process like for you? Did you um did you bootstrap it? Like pay for everything yourself? Did you get funding? Uh, we got so we got investors. Yeah, yeah. So we did um, a family and friends investment round, mm-hmm. and that's how we were able basically to get to where we are now. We wanted to two things. One, like obviously, um, I like own it. I want to own the company. I don't want mm-hmm. someone else to give it. And especially in the startup world, um, most the majority of VCs and angel investors are men, and. So, I mean, you walk into any room going, oh, so it's an app for women. Mm. Like, I've, there's a few I've talked to and they're like, do women need something to connect? Do women, would women talk to each other? I'm like, what planet are you, what? I'm like, or like there's been situations where I've said, I don't want to have to to explain or quantify misogyny or abuse that women receive online to anybody. I'm not interested in doing mm. that. So we wanted to, yeah, we wanted to basically bring people that we know in along the journey, like lots of women that we know, in fact. And then, yeah, so we, I mean, yeah, I do everything. Like, you know, when you're at the beginning stages of a startup, you do everything that needs to be done that I can physically do. Like the only thing I don't do is I don't code, for Mm -hmm. example. Which is like the most expensive part though, right? Whew. You can rack up some bills. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's why really, sometimes when um, some people will go after me on Twitter or things, and I'm like, do you think this is a hobby? Mm-mm. <laughs> no. <laughs> this is a proper company with serious investment, and I have people to answer to. And 
to sometimes random Twitter person, I'm not going to be answering your questions. Mm-hmm. But I just yeah. When you reached out, I was actually kind of surprised that like you're getting like some shit for this. Because I was like, that just seems like a very needed space, right? Like mm-hmm. men have their space, women have their space. And now you're kind of like digitizing that by yeah. putting it into an app. Um, I feel like that's normal. And then I was like going through your Twitter and I was like, oh, dang, like she's really getting it. And I saw you reposting like death threats and mm-hmm. it was really blowing my mind. Um, so when you were first starting this and you were approaching like VCs or angel investors, did anyone like see this coming? Like did anyone, anyone like kind of warn you where you were were a little ignorant to the the wave of criticism you were going to get? No, okay, no. I always knew that there was going to be um, criticism and it, and the net, huge negative response to it. I didn't anticipate where the negative response was going to come from. Mm. I got that wrong, yeah. Um, it's been quite amazing, actually. So I thought that it would be people... Um, I thought it would be mainly just men and they would be uh, conservative. Mm-hmm. No, liberal men. Liberal men are the ones who have a problem with it. So why would you, why did you assume that it was going to be conservative men? Um, I assumed it, I suppose, because I was <laughs> thinking in that sort of Fox News, Tucker Carlson, tin foil hat wearing um, world where it would be like, oh, this is sort of a privilege that women have, or this is ridiculous. Um, why do women need this? Um, no, sort of the more, um, I like the extent to conservative leading, leaning people. I'm sure there's been some white supremacists that have come after me, but I don't engage with them in the market. <laughs> Um, but the, just, yeah, the, um, more conservative and lots of dads are very, very supportive of it. Lots of dads and husbands. Um, but say men on the left who I've say followed on Twitter, like, especially like journalists, comedians, um, who I'd followed for years. And before last year, I'd never tweeted before. I always stayed away from it. I was too scared, um, Mm -hmm. because it was just such a cesspool. Um, I only started tweeting because I had to respond to just crazy lies that were being said about Eagle. And then I thought, so now I'm in this world of having to respond to them all the time. Um, but yeah, I, there were these guys that have come after me calling me a turf, a transphobe. And I'm like, I really respected you. And it makes you change or question everything that they've said. You're now looking at it through this prism of, okay, I think that you have um, a misogyny issue because I do think that there are a lot, well, I don't think I know, there are a lot of guys out there who are, you would, they themselves would call themselves woke and progressive. Um, a lot of them have Black Lives Matter in their bios. Mm-hmm. But they would have no problem telling a woman and a black woman um, that she is a transphobe or a turf because she understands biological reality or advocates women's rights and will just mm-hmm. say really the worst kinds of things. So that's been an interesting journey because I am very much like a left-leaning liberal myself and I, you know, was um, I watched everything sort of through 
that's happened over the last few years sort of through that position and then experiencing what I think is a way to be a misogynist but called a hero. That's been mm-hmm. my experience with it. That if you so because if so you can say anything you want to a woman right now so long as you use the word turf. Right. And a lot of people don't know what that even means, right? So I it I didn't either. I had um I had Buck Angel on mm-hmm. the podcast a few awesome. months ago. Yes. Yeah, he's wonderful. Amazing. Uh, I yeah. love him. I do too. He's got like a laugh that every time I watch things or listen to him and things when he laughs, I'm like I smile like he just like lights up a room. I love him. I know. I'm like, how can anyone hate that person? Mm-hmm. Um, I forgot what I was just going to say. Oh, yeah. He was explaining to me what that meant. And I was like, I don't like that we come up with like these weird arbitrary names for each other because that like, why is it OK if you do it to someone who I guess you're we're not considered like marginalized enough anymore? Right. If you're like a straight right white woman. Yeah. So that's okay but if you come up with a name for any other group that is considered marginalized and now that's like hate speech so why is it not hate speech if you're doing if like the intent is that well, completely no um I, turf is 100 a misogynistic slur and it's basically the only one that's sort of allowed to be used in i mean like just mainstream media will do headlines with the word turf in there and you're like what are you i mean this is a word that is most of the time accompanied with a threat to shut up or a death threat or a rape threat. Um, the evidence is there. It's like, I shouldn't have to explain this to anybody. You can search it. It's, it's, you could find it. You could confirm this in about five seconds. And so, also, Oh, sorry. For, so for anyone that's listening, turf is it's trans exclusion exclude. Can you, <laughs> I gave up capping two days ago. My brain's not working. It's Rob. I'll let you go. Um, trans exclusionary radical feminist. There you go. And, and I, I don't think I've been called that yet, but I guess like, can we get into like, what is a radical mm-hmm. feminist? Okay. So radical feminist. Okay. First I'll preface it by saying I'm actually not even a radical feminist. I didn't hit no really about that either. Um, radical feminist um, is essentially just it's root feminism. So that's what the, the word radical is sort of the Latin root. So it's, it's sort of original feminism, you would say, sort of pre-wave, um, just very focused on female rights. Um, so it's very much, you know, um, understanding biological sex, you know, feminism only centers females. Um, and, you know, it is against sex work, which I think is pretty Fair, not shaming sex workers as such, is more shaming men who treat sex workers horribly, which I think is a pretty fair position to have. Um, yeah, so th- th- I would say that, you know, of all of the things I've read, I agree with a lot of the texts of radical feminism. I just, I'm very much at a point where I don't want any more labels. I don't mm-hmm. think labels are helping us. Like I see sometimes there's these fightings, there's the liberal feminists, radical feminists. Um, gender quality feminists. There's so many. And I'm like, I don't think that that ultimately is doing any good. Just in terms of like, obviously, you know, you you have your opinions and things and beliefs of whatever you want. That's fine. But I think if we just sort of put these labels constantly on everything, I think that's part of the problem at the moment. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, I completely agree. 
I had someone, I did have someone uh, recently on Twitter say to me, you know, you know, you, you say you're against identity politics, but you do something just for women. I'm like, yes, but women, a woman isn't an identity. It's not, this is where we just are. Like the most basic thing you can be- separate people by is sex. It's male or female. And it's mm-hmm. not who we are. It's what we are. And it doesn't dictate really much more than that. I mean, you can be a really masculine woman. You can be a really feminine man. You can develop any kind of personality and character that you want. It's Mm -hmm. just that in terms of lots of medical things and social things, whether you're male or female does make a difference. Like there's a lot of people that are saying at the moment, you know, you can't tell whether someone's male or female by looking at them. Yeah, I keep saying that too. And I'm like, for the most, 99% of the time, you absolutely can. 100%. Mm-hmm. Um, when you're walking down the street, you know who's walking towards you. Your brain is processing that. Whether you're acknowledging it on a conscious level, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, you can't trick your brain. No one's walking down the street going, everyone's non-binary until they tell me otherwise. It, it just doesn't, your brain doesn't work like that. We have survival instincts. We have, we have inbuilt prejudice. So what do you think the point is of that to eliminate gender, essentially? Because that's what I see with the activists. It's mostly yeah. like abolishing the idea of feminine, masculine, like everyone, like you said, is kind of to be assumed um, genderless until they tell you their pronoun. Mm. Well, I would say that it would actually be if you were going for proper, the proper actual destruction of gender in a positive way, it's feminists who are doing that and always have been. That's essentially what feminism has always been, that, you know, just because you're a woman doesn't mean you have to be in the kitchen cooking or raising children, staying at home. You don't have to wear dresses. I mean, back in the early 19, late 1800s, early 1900s, only men were allowed to ride bicycles. It was women who had to fight for the right to be able to ride a bicycle was considered a masculine thing. So that's essentially always been feminine feminism's job and done it slowly, but surely. And I think in a really positive way, the activists, what they're doing at the moment, they're not saying that they're not sort of trying to abolish gender so much. They're actually trying to abolish biological sex. Mm-hmm. Oh gosh. Okay. Well, first, that's not a completely true statement because there's no consensus of what they're trying to do. Every single activist you speak to will say something completely different. So you have some that are trying to abolish biological sex. You have some that say that it's, there's no such thing as biological sex. You have others who say that people, human beings can change biological sex. Um, none of which is true. <laughs> Just really, really simple. If you're born female or you're born male, you will die female or die male. That's just um, a fact. But you, how you live your life in between then is, I think, up to you. I'm quite, well, I've always been quite libertarian and stuff like this. Mm-hmm. That as long as it's not harming anybody else, do what you want. Mm-hmm. Like if you're a man and you want to wear a dress and makeup, all power to you. I think that's fantastic. Mm-hmm. That doesn't make you a woman. Right. Mm-hmm. And so that's that's where the conflict is between feminists and trans rights activists at the moment. And then the major issue with it is, is that the people making policy are adhering to this ideology of saying that human beings can change biological sex, that if a man wears a dress, he is a woman. And that's just, it's, 
it's not true. And it's very dangerous for so many reasons. Part of, one of them is obviously single sex spaces, something that women earn a right to have out of necessity. It's not segregation. If I hear one more person like in single sex spaces to apartheid, I will scream. Oh, I haven't heard that it's segregation. Yeah, I'm, at least mm-hmm. that hasn't come across my feed. Do it all the time. They'll be like, "Oh, so you do you want people drinking out of different water fountains?" No, that's not no. even close to a fair no. comparison. No. So, what would you say are are like the main reasons why you think um, like a digital space for women is important? Well, I think that in terms of having single sex spaces, um, have always been important. I think they're important for men as well. Mm-hmm. They're just important for different reasons. For women, it, part of it, a big part of it is safety um, and a bit of freedom of expression as well. So we've had, you know, spaces where the sometimes always for really negative reasons, like it will be single um, sex spaces for domestic violence or, you know, for a refuge or a rape crisis center. Mm-hmm. Um, but then occasionally, you know, we do have these really great positive ones um, that have popped up natural evolution for anything at the moment is it's going to go online. And what a, for us, when we were talking about Giggle, we wanted to create something that no matter where you were in the world, you would just have a strong female support network in the palm of your hand that was accessible at all times. Mm-hmm. Just knowing that, like when I was recovering from being in Hollywood and I'd had so much sexual harassment, sexual assault. And I was just, I was a shell of a person. And I, my therapist would tell me, you have to learn how to connect with people again, especially women. It's so important to have a strong female support network because say in like Hollywood, it was isolating, very isolating place. And the industry is isolating by design. Um, but there's lots of places like that. Like cities are, can be very isolating. You can be around lots of people, but you're not connecting with anybody. Mm-hmm. And while there's no substitute for the like human to human contact, which we're all discovering in a pandemic, that how important yeah. human contact is, the next best thing is being able to connect verbally. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's, I think that that's really really important. Yeah, I do too. And I thought it was interesting that you said a lot of um, like dads are very supportive of the platform, Mm -hmm. which I didn't even think of. And of course, like, I mean, if I had a daughter and she was of age to be on like a social platform, Mm -hmm. I would I would be a lot more comfortable with her being in a female space um, only versus like on Twitter or Instagram right now. Because if you open up your messages, if you're a woman, if you open up your direct messages, there are going to be a lot of pictures and videos that you don't want to see. And let alone if like, you know, maybe that's like a traumatic experience for you or if you're underage, there's a whole host of reasons why someone shouldn't get those kinds of messages. So to go on a platform where you know you can open those without being assaulted by some some photo, um, some unsolicited dick pics yeah um, that's nice they're just it's amazing isn't it right i don't do i don't like just set snap and like randomly send my bits oh, to people i don't know why yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's the difference between men and women isn't it but it would never ever occur to us to do that no. like um no, <laughs> i <laughs> i actually have a really funny dick pic story this will just be a little funny anecdote <laughs> 
So I've received so many unsolicited dick pics in my life and I have saved them all like and on my phone because I'm like, well, because I'm just like, if you, they're, if they're unsolicited and they've said something else, like they're in that file of like, yeah, I still have that body. Yes. If you like, if you're mean to me, I will show you <laughs> other. And um, when I moved home from the States, um, my dad, like I was at my parents' house and they, my dad was so excited that I was back. I hadn't been back in like two years. I hadn't seen them. And he wanted to set up my phone like with an Australian SIM card and everything. And I was like, no, 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 it's fine. I'll do it later. He's like, no, no, no. And I didn't even realize that he'd taken my phone. And then my mom, dad, and I were like standing there and the computer's in the background. And I didn't realize my dad had plugged it in. And suddenly <laughs> all my photos were updating. It's like, what have you been up to in the States? <laughs> no, I was just, it was like one of those moments where I was like, just don't turn around. Just don't turn around. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Mortified. It's Absolutely. so yeah, it horrible. Horrible. Um, yeah. It, 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 we have one of our like little like memes for giggle is like, yeah, it's a social network where, you know, the eggplant emoji, uh-huh. just an eggplant emoji. <laughs> <laughs> That's so good. One of my girlfriends was saying she was going to do like, cause she was doing the same thing where she was keeping a log of all of the unsolicited dick pics she was getting. Mm-hmm. And she's like, I'm going to turn it into a coffee table book. And then, sell it and then all these men are like i wonder if that's mine yeah no completely i have like thought of doing of the of the there should be something similar there should be a coffee table book of like you know, like dick pics and just like the just the, the the messages of even just like abuse or harassment that they will just send you because some of it's hilarious mm-hmm that you get where they'll just send you, you know, a message just telling you how much they hate you. Like, <laughs> you feel better? Like, okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, that's like one very simple way to explain why your, why your app is needed. And then yeah. I think it was on your Twitter that you were um, also saying like a woman that maybe undergoes like some kind of like sexual violence, right? Like she doesn't, have to explain why she's uncomfortable in like a male's presence right so that's like another for me like when I returned to Australia like I've been I was a screenwriter in Hollywood for almost 10 years Mm. I came back here I like even if my dad like gave me a hug I was I I I couldn't I was yeah it's different if I was just terrified of like of men's presence in general and there was no reason for me to be scared of my dad it was just the maleness of it mm. um and so yeah it, it it is the thing that says there are some people out there that may, may never understand it but i don't think that women have to justify it it's also one of my things about female spaces is that we don't have to sit here and relive our trauma and talk about it all the time to justify wanting one we're also mm-hmm. just fun Mm-hmm. really really fun it's like you talk about something like how you talk is slightly different how you talk about yourself is slightly different it's a special place where you can let down your guard a bit mm-hmm. in a different way I mean we all have like our little boundaries that we have in society and what we're going to share with ourselves but it's a different kind of trust and it. it's just on Giggle we just last week we launched Giggle Talk which is our female only um, social media feed. And it's sort of a hybrid of Twitter and Reddit is the user experience, how I would sum it up. And it's really cool. And it's great. Like all of the women who are 
of the first ones on there. They're fantastic. And getting sort of this exhale of like, okay, let's get used to this. When, how often are we in situations, especially online, where we know that there's no men? Never. Yeah. Yeah, never. So did you start out like women only, like, or did you kind of start to like sift through that as you like developed? So when we were developing Giggle, I mean, it was always going to be just an app for women, always. Mm-hmm. And I, I was the one who was um, trying to have trans women welcome. Everyone else at Giggle HQ actually didn't agree with me. Oh, interesting. Yeah, but I was, I was saying no. It, like at the time, I was like, it's 2019. We're going to be inclusive. This is how it is. Um, and so in. February of last year, we were, had been on the App Store and Google Play for only a few weeks, and only a handful of select women knew about Giggle because we were still testing and ironing out bugs and everything. And we woke up one morning to thousands of downloads because the trans rights activists, communities of Twitter and Reddit had discovered Giggle. We have, to this day, no idea how they did. Um, and the ones that got on just created Kill Turf profiles that's where, that was my first introduction to the word. Oh, wow. I didn't know. Because when we were developing Giggle and this was the inspiration for it and the lead up to it, I was very much in this like me too world. So I wasn't, I just wasn't focusing on this other side that was happening. I, it hadn't entered Australia at all at that point. It's really only just starting now. There are some Australians who think I'm absolutely insane telling people that women are being called vagina owners. I sound ridiculous, but I'm like, this is happening. Oh, I see that all the time. It pisses me off so much. It's just so disgusting. Um, yeah, and so I, I just, I just really—it's my fault. I just didn't know it because in my wildest nightmares, it didn't occur to me that there would be anyone out there actually saying that the concept of woman doesn't exist. It didn't occur to me to look if that was a thing. And so when um, the at- first attack happened, and we were. I I went online to sort of see where it was all coming from, and I stumbled across a, sub, a subreddit um, of radical feminism, and I, I went in and asked them some things. And I was still at that point very much, you know, I didn't want to offend anybody. And, I mean, these women, I mean, they, they were so, they were very lovely with me and patient, as patient as one can be when you are sort of exhausted by talking about this stuff. But they told me, and the trans rights activists were telling, they were all saying, just educate yourself. And I was like, no, that's fair enough. So I went and started educating myself on what was happening, especially in the UK and in Canada and then and in the US. But the US is slightly different, um, just how it's almost the originator of it, but it's, it's just slightly different how it is existing in society, I think. Um, so it, and it didn't take long to realize what was happening, that the feminists were telling the truth. Because I saw... The first thing that I saw that I was just absolutely shocked by is that lesbians were being called transphobes, turfs, and bigots because they won't date or sleep with self-identifying women who are just men in dresses for the most part. Mm. Um, I was just, I just couldn't see, I couldn't unsee this attack on women's boundaries that we just spent a millennia getting Having, being able to have consent 
and these lesbians. And incidentally, it was lesbians who were the first to ever raise alarms about all of this stuff. Oh, really? I feel like someone yeah. else might have been might have said that. Um, well, that's might really have surprising. Been. Yeah. Yeah, I think Buck's pretty switched on with it all. But yeah, I mean, and no one's listened to them because, of course, no one listens to a lesbian woman screaming fire in a theater that is on fire. Um, well, it sounds kind of crazy, though, right? Like, like I never would have thought we would have gotten here to where, like, the word woman was, like, a bad word. Like, you're not allowed exactly. to say woman. Um, yeah. Especially yeah, because, like, if you, you take any of the... No, you wouldn't. Like those, all those gender classes, like most people that sign up for those, those are women, right? So a lot mm-hmm. of the the movements, like the movement for rights for the trans community was brought on by biological women, right? Like they were. Uh, well, you, well, you have some, you have sort of like um, Judith Butler, who is a, I mean, I, when I say a feminist writer, I'm using the words feminist and writer in the loosest sense both could be used. Um <laughs> She's not very good at either thing. Um, yes, but she's she is very much. Um, I mean, I think she lives in an absolute fantasy land that has absolutely no basis in reality. It's some sort of utopia that she's created in her mind. But she's very much sort of a you'd almost say like a godmother of this sort of gender studies sort of stuff and postmodernism, where um, you know that you basically you're a woman if you say you are, and it's like it's just that. that I mean, that sounds great in theory to some, I suppose, but it just, it does not work in reality. It does not work in the world that we live in. Um, yeah. And so basically the the feminists were, were uh, the feminists, the lesbians were bringing all this up. And when this is all over and we all collectively owe the lesbians a, a big, like nice drink because they have <laughs> been doing the work to preserve women's rights, um, you know, under so much scrutiny and attack. The other thing I saw was um, women, African women, who use Twitter or other platforms um, to raise awareness and to stop female genital mutilation being called transphobes and TERFs because they use the word female, because they say that, you know, that it's bigoted, it's not, that this is not something, the vagina isn't necessarily female. So... And it was just, just nonsense. And to be attacking, it actually just happened the other day, um, an amazing, like just the most gorgeous inside and out woman in the UK, Hebo. I think she's originally from Somalia, but I could be wrong about that. Um, she has a huge platform on Twitter and she just works online and in real life. She goes around to schools in the UK talking about female genital mutilation, bringing awareness to it. These are the ways that we can stop it. This is how to help. What she does, she is a survivor of it herself. So she, 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 I mean, she knows what she's talking about and she knows, you know, the depths of what can happen to being when you're just born a woman. To see them caught, like, attacked by these activists and utter nonsense. The other day she was saying, I love everyone. You be who you are. You're totally fine. I'm a woman. I'm talking about women and girls do not bring this over here. These are, these are two very different things. And she's right. Mm-hmm. And this stuff is being completely ignored mm-hmm. by, say, the people in power. Like, I don't, for the most part, really care about random trolls on Twitter 
or young people. There's a lot of young people who are, have bought into this that I feel really sorry for them. They've been really misled by by adults, by if, whether it's um, writers or university professors or lecturers. They've they've been lied to. But so I have a problem with those people, the ones that that are doing the lying to begin with and telling people this is true. I mean, there's then there's also detransitioning women. So they got caught up as teenagers in this thinking and most of, not all, but a lot of them are lesbian women who they were told because, you know, they were more masculine, sort of what we would know as like a tomboy or a butch lesbian, Mm -hmm. that they were actually men. So they started taking testosterone. They've had mastectomies. Some of them have had hysterectomies and now they're in their early 20s and they're detransitioning because, no, they're not transgender. They're just gender nonconforming lesbians. And Mm -hmm. they get attacked by trans activists. Actual transsexual people, most of whom prefer to be called transsexual people, if they are on the side of women and biological reality, they are under attack. So so this is is just not a movement about equality. It's about adherence to ideology. And that right now, if, and it's women mainly that are that like in terms of men or women, it's women who are under attack in the sense that if a woman stands up and says biological sex is real, no one, you're only a woman if you're born a woman. I mean, she faces the potential of losing her job. She, the attacks you're going to get. Whereas men don't get as many attacks. I did a thing on Twitter not long ago. I said, any men been sent death threats over this? There was one. So why do you think so many people are falling into this? Like why? Because I see a lot of women. Like I know you've mentioned a lot of men um, are getting involved with it, but I think more women tend to get very like um, like defensive and like attacky about anyone that doesn't like. doesn't drink the Kool-Aid, right? Like if you acknowledge that biological sex is real, then you must be like some kind of ist or agate or whatever, right? Like they give you a name. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's almost like denouncing all of the, all of the um, strides that women have made, right? Like, like you said, we couldn't ride bicycles. We couldn't vote. We couldn't have credit Mm -hmm. cards. um, All of these things that we take for granted. I was researching this and my, in Australia, my mom could not get a passport on her own until 1983. Oh, my gosh. She had to have either her father or her husband sign the form. Oh, my gosh. I was born in 84. Mm Mm-hmm. Wow. Like, that's just mind-blowing to me. How recent it was. Mm -hmm. Well, we say, I mean, and that's mind-blowing how recent it is. I mean, good luck for a Saudi Arabian woman trying to get a passport. It's impossible. You know, I mean, this is happening right now. We live like I had. I did have one one person tell me one time over Twitter um, that they were like, "Trans women don't even have rights in Saudi Arabia." And I was like, "Honey, <laughs> women don't have rights in Saudi Arabia. No one has rights in Saudi Arabia. Like, mm-hmm. this is not a trans issue in any way, shape, or form." So why why women? Okay, I have a few theories of this. Um, there is, in a way, because the gender issue and the trans issue let's say the t issue is attached to the lgb community so it added there's the next thing onto that even though it's actually quite in opposition and there's now L- the different lgb organizations that are popping up now that have 
separated from it because, you know, homosexuality is defined and heterosexuality, you know, defined in reality where biological sex is real. You know, it's mm-hmm. why lesbians aren't attracted to men in dresses. They're att- attracted to the biology of a woman. Um, so there's a bit of an overcorrection because, you know, as society, how horrible society has been to homosexual people mm-hmm. forever, you don't want to make the same mistakes. So something comes along and it seems similar, you you sort of overcorrection, you overly good, like that's not, you know, persecute these people for who they are like gay people were mm-hmm. that's one thing um which so really good intentions behind it and of course you don't want to persecute somebody for being trans in any way shape or form mm-hmm. they, like these people they, they're human beings um then okay the two sort of maybe a bit more controversial my own sort of theories one is I can picture a person who's like, okay, I'm going to basically start what is a very, very misogynistic movement. I think it's a little bit of punishment for me too, because we were so organized and really made moves with that. And there's a lot of men who didn't like that. And so I think a lot of the really powerful men who are involved in this current um, gender ideology movement, I don't think they care at all about trans people, but I think they love the way the fact that they can be a misogynist and call a hero, called a hero for it. Mm. Um, so if I was a man doing involved in that movement and had power in it, the first thing I would do is get some women on side. Brings mm-hmm. you know, then because then it, it's not you know a, a, you you they have uh, an argument back for when you say it's a misogynistic movement. And not to take any agency or away from women or the fact that we can think for them ourselves or anything. I completely understand. Obviously, we can. I understand that. However, I do think that there are some women involved in this who are in a bit of an abusive relationship with it. I look at it differently to how I look at men who peddle this stuff. The men, because in this gender ideology stuff, men's rights don't change at all. Men are not under threat by this. Their words are not under threat. We're not walking around calling them penis owners or ejaculators or sperm havers. They're just men. Their sports are completely fine because no trans man is going to win. No one is worried about that. And a lot of the times they can't compete because of the testosterone levels are considered doping. So, And no one is even thinking about trans men's rights here. So that's part of the sexism in the whole thing. Mm-hmm. So men, nothing changes for men in this whole situation, but it does for women. Our sport, which male biological males will beat women most of the time. Like mm-hmm. I'm talking 98% of the time. Well, it's, the statistics are very, very high, um, worryingly high. Um, and then our spaces and then our words, the attack on the language to, that f- to describe females women like the fact that i even have to say females so often i say like, women still i'm not changing say, that like same but like, mm-hmm. I, sometimes i say females because i just don't want the confusion because it's so frustrating but yes mm-hmm. then i'm like I'm, I'm playing into it aren't i but so i think that there that there are some women who yeah that think that they're doing a really good thing and have been sold this idea and I think manipulated in this idea that there's these like nasty turfs 
who just who are so hateful and horrible um and you should hate them and they want to they they are part of the patriarchy and they want to oppress people is it absolutely no way mm-hmm. yeah they call what? you like the pick me girls is what they say now so like i what think I Yeah. So like I took a gender studies class back in college and I got so swept up in all of it. And I was like, this is horrible. You know, these people are under attack. They need our help. And I was, Mm -hmm. you know, like very much like trans rights, blah, blah, blah. And Mm -hmm. I mean, I've never lived anywhere, thankfully, that's like very, you know, backwards or dated. Like everywhere Mm -hmm. I've ever lived is like very accepting. I've, you know, I've trans friends, I've gay friends all all over. Right. And everyone's treated just fine where where I live. I know that's not the case for everybody. Um, But then you start to see what the activists are pushing. And that's like a very different narrative. Right. It's not it's not for equal rights it's for like special treatment and it's it's at the it's at the cost of women so if you say that they call you pick me girl which means that you're just trying to gain um acceptance and approval from men by siding with them (laughs) instead of with women and it's just nonsense this is the thing and i say this all the time to them so i don't they're, they're i don't i'm not angry or hateful or frustrated by the women who support is gender ideology. First of all, every woman can be can um, support whatever she wants. She doesn't have to agree with me, so that's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, I I do think that there'll be a tipping point when they will realize that what they are supporting is against their own rights. Because one of the things with this whole concept of like turfs are evil, like do people really think that like a, that women and lesbian women and black women all woke up one morning? And when, yeah, I'm going to be a bigot towards this one group of people. Mm-hmm. No, like, of course not. Like what you think lesbians who know a thing or two about being ex- trying to get accepted by society went not for you, buddy. Mm-hmm. Well, it's coming from a fact-based real place. And that's why one of the things that's easy in a sense to fight all of this stuff is it's easy when you have facts on your side. Sometimes it's very boring fighting it because it just doesn't change. It, it just men and women exist. There's only two sexes. It, 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 that's all there is. Well, the yeah. science on it's it's being quieted, right? And then those people that speak out are kind of being deplatformed. So even yes. though like the science does like prove as it stands that there are two sexes, right? And like yeah. they are not fluid. Um, you're still you can still lose your, everything you have over it. We all know how babies are made. This is end of story. Well, I've actually seen I've seen some um, articles that are trying. They say that the science is close to be able to um, or not close. They're trying to get it close for a biological man to carry a baby. And for me, I first of all, I don't probably think in our lifetime. Also, as a mother, I find that to be wildly selfish because mm-hmm. Your instincts are to do any by like any means possible to keep that child safe. Whatever is best for that mm-hmm. child is what mm-hmm. you do, not what's best for me, right? Exactly. Yeah. So just because I want to carry a baby, if yes. I'm not supposed to carry a baby and that's going to increase harm or development mm-hmm. for them, I'm not going to do it, right? So, mm-hmm. I mean, I breastfed for over a year. That sucked. It wasn't great. It wasn't the best for me or my schedule, but it was best yeah. for the baby. So you make yeah. all these sacrifices 
on yourself for your child. So when I see stuff like, um, I think Buck posted on his Twitter, they came up with like some way that, um, Um, biological men are secreting, I don't, it's not milk, but it's something mm -hmm. to feed the baby. And I was like, that's so selfish. Like the reason I could have, you know, popped a bottle in the microwave, called it a day, saved myself so much pain and time but that's not what's best for the baby. So this exactly. brand new substance that's coming out of you, that's bioengineered. Do you, th- you want to do that? Is that a I good idea? I don't, I, don't, I don't want to be the test case of it. That's for sure. No, um, and you shouldn't want your baby to be. With the, I see these articles about like that males will be able to have children. Where are the wombs coming from? I guess they're synthetic. Unless they're not. That would be best case scenario, wouldn't it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because, the only other place that they could come from is real life women. Um, no, I don't want babies born in synthetic wombs to males. I think, yeah, I think that's incredibly selfish. Mm-hmm. Um, There's th- just something really magical that happens like throughout the gestational period. Like I, yeah. I know like people that haven't experienced it, they're going to think bullshit, but the moment I realized I was pregnant like I knew I was having a boy there was this connection yeah like like, I like knew him before he came out and he is exactly who I pictured while he was in my belly like the same like personality my dog (laughs) (laughs) dog mom I have no concept what it must be like to have a baby (laughs) it's I always used to compare my dog. I was like, it's got to be like kind of similar because I really love my dog. But it's like, it's this whole other thing. And when you like talk to the baby in the belly and you like are rubbing your belly and you have Mm -hmm. these like moments that you're just like, you're one consciousness almost. Um, Right. Like, sure, you might be able to create someone in a lab in a synthetic uterus but like again what's best for that what's best for that that like growing human being who's Mm -hmm. got its own life to lead because Mm -hmm. it's not you know you when you're having a baby you're very much aware that you're creating a human being Mm -hmm. that's going to have its own life beyond you Mm -hmm. so if you're creating if you're doing this because of your own sort of you know this Something you're trying to fill, a void of some sort. Void or validation mm-hmm. or something. I think it's I think it's incredibly odd. And then I also think of, you know, there are a lot of women who are infertile and it's heartbreaking for them. I pretty much am. I have endometriosis. We have endometriosis and polysis with ovaries in our family. Same. So, oh no way, yeah. Yes. So, I'm in pain most of the time. Um, and so the chances of me of having a baby, it's slim to none. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. I don't want one. I, I want to, my instinct is to adopt eventually. Which like is I so would, beautiful. Yeah, I would love to have children, but yeah, I've just never had the biological urge. Even when I was a teenager, I used to say it and everyone would say, when you get to your late twenties, early thirties, it'll kick in. And I'm like, I'm 36 now. And I am just <laughs> the biological clock to just click on over to five past midnight. Um, but when I think of the women who just try so hard to have a baby and they, and they, they go through IVF and all of these other things that we have created as ways to help fertility and then some, they can't, I have family members who couldn't, mm-hmm. they, they, they don't have children, um, that we would, that science would prioritize in any way of males having babies. I, I think that that's 
very insulting to women. I think it's a catchy headline. Do you know what I mean? Um, yes, I do too. I don't think that there's any, I can't imagine that anyone's there going, you know what? No, I'm not going to try- work on curing cancer. This is where my, my efforts are going to go. I can't handle <laughs> it. I don't think that any, any serious scientist is doing anything on it. Not for that reason anyway. Right. Not for that reason. I think you have to always follow the money, right? You, you want to hope that everyone has like good intentions or they're doing things for the best reason. But when it comes to like any kind of activist group, for the most part, it seems to be really fueled and get its like life force from a negative source. Like it's like usually um, like anger, hate or like vengeance of sorts. Like when you mm-hmm. talk about people that detransition, like that's some scary stuff. Like Ab- mm-hmm. Abigail Schreier, you know, uses her platform yes. to bring a lot of information yeah. on that and she's constantly under attack. But I'm like, constantly. you can't ignore these women that just ruined their body. Like, like yeah. not, I'm not talking as aesthetically, right? I'm talking like they cannot mm-hmm. have children. Like the, mm-hmm. some of them might not have been, uh, be able to orgasm again, right? Like yeah. sex isn't the same. Yeah. Um, that's a very big deal. Their bone loss, and, like and, all and of these things. So and we just try, to, and like, we just say like, no, let's not listen to them, right? They they don't have anything valuable to share. We're completely ignored. Um, you should, have, you should actually. I can recommend. Um, like I know of some absolutely amazing detransitioning women, and you sh- you should have one on your show because they do. It would they. We really should be elevating their voices. Because they know so much. Mm-hmm. They have so much information about how kids are getting into this, what activists are actually saying behind closed doors. Um, when you, There's so many of them who talk about how it is um, older men preying on them. And Really? Yes. Um, whether, and so the two different situations, there's just – males like actual they're just men straight up men who will um be they're grooming them or be sort of part of it i don't want to sort of take the words out of their mouth or anything but then there's also older trans women who will be the dominant one in the relationship and you and you so you have these young well, questioning trans men and these older trans women and these detransitioning women are now saying, well, I realized that I was still being dominated by someone who's been socialized as a male. So you, you take away all of the gender studies thing, everything, all of this stuff that say they all pedal and no, someone's either socialized male or female. Like Buck Angel talks about it all the time. Buck was mm-hmm. socialized, raised female that's what he says. Like, that's why what makes him a great man. <laughs> All men should be raised as, as women. And yeah, I mean, that's why when I think one of the reasons why he's so awesome, his perspective, he knows what it's like to walk down the street as a woman. He knows what it's like to walk down the street and be perceived as a man. He has such a unique perspective in that. Mm-hmm, absolutely. And then he was like the first one like to really do a full medical transition. Yeah. And, you know, he was you know, living this life as a lesbian, as like a butch lesbian in a time where like that wasn't mm-hmm. as as acceptable as it is today. So it could have been like a lot more dangerous. Like, And then to attack someone like that, he um, was disinvited from a medical conference actually last I talked to him. And we're like, 
this is medical information that could save like an, a real trans yeah. person's life or change their mind, right? Like if they yeah. find out certain information, maybe that's too much for them and they'll just do other means of, mm-hmm. of um, passing, yes. if you will. But to silence anyone's voice that's truly experienced these things to me is a little bit alarming. And what's also curious is like you don't see boys aren't really being talked about right now. So why is it like everyone's like going after the young girls? I find that curious. Um, I suppose like I is it just like their psyche maybe because yeah. you, with the stuff with um, Abigail's work, it was like up 3000% for people for um, 4,000 4,000 yeah girls yeah. that were now identifying as boys because it, it's the aberration of it because the diagnostic history of gender dysphoria has always involved young boys um, and who most grow out of it as she says um, but this what is happening with girls is so clearly a social contagion mm-hmm. and, it, and, I, and I get it to a point like what young girl doesn't have body image issues whether it's we, yeah. we have them inherently or it's because of this especially now i mean i i can't even fathom being a young girl now in this instagram world it must be terrifying but when i was 15 16 17 i had an eating disorder mm-hmm. i had body i had body dysmorphia mm-hmm. I, like, i'm i'm a little like slight girl now mm-hmm. i mean take 10 kilos away from me that's and I like to when I look at myself now that I ever thought that I was fat is absurd to me. Mm-hmm. All in my mind. I mean, it wasn't in reality. And there's there's a lot of very similar like lots of similarities between body dysmorphia and gender dysphoria. Mm-hmm. And, it's just like um, maybe like the fact that you're like uncomfortable now means that you must be in the wrong body or something like that. Yeah, because like we're not saying to younger like no one is saying to an anorexic girl like let's give you liposuction. Mm-hmm. You're considered an evil madman. So why are we saying to like 16, 17 year old girls, let's give you a mastectomy? Mm-hmm. It just, no, like, cause I think like once you're an adult and especially over the age of 25, like our brains don't stop developing until we're 25. So once you're over 25, do what you, like, it's your body. I mean, if you, if you feel like if you're, if you feel your life would be better, if you, got rid of your penis or power to you. That's how you want to live. Mm-hmm. Doesn't, it's not going to make you a woman, but if that makes your life more comfortable, I have no problem with it. Or if mm-hmm. a woman wants to like remove her breasts. Okay. That, mm-hmm. that can help you. It's not going to make you a man. So I think it's the lying to people. And that's what a lot of detransitioners say is that they, they were transitioning. And then they realized I'm never going to be a, a man. I'm never going to be considered a man. And that's one of the things that when we're constantly told, like this whole trans women are women and you have to treat them like women. First of all, I'm like, how, how does one treat women? I don't think you want to be treated like a woman. And also like, if I walk into a, a meeting full of men, which I had to do, if I had walked in and said, my pronouns are he and him, I'm a man, not a single one of them is going to treat me like a man. Mm-hmm. So... I think that it's just this thing of like, let's just stop lying to people. If we actually just talk about all of this stuff in reality, we can, we can really make some changes that are really good of which is celebrating gender non-conforming people. Mm-hmm. That should be number, like fantastic. We could also create safe spaces for trans women and trans men, which are needed. Mm-hmm. 
I think I'm all for a third or fourth bathroom option. I think this is stuff, especially in the developed world where this is prevalent, we, we can do this stuff. Mm-hmm. It's not, not an issue. Um, but we've just got to work together with it. That's always my thing with with trans people. I always say when they are attacking me, I'm like, I try to explain to them, the feminists are on your side. We want you to be who you want to be. We're, we're totally fine with that. We want you to be safe. We just want it all based in reality and that you understand that you can't change your biological sex. That's what it comes down to because of how much it affects women. Mm-hmm. 100%. Mm-hmm. Are you worried at all about like losing your like losing your app, getting removed from the app store, or losing your hosting or anything like that? No, um, no, few reasons. Um, one is we are as inclusive, essentially as inclusive as one could possibly be. I mean, when this is the other thing when we when we are attacked for being transphobic or trans exclusionary, trans identifying females are welcome on Google. It's just males. Um, if any, it's the other thing as well that people seem to forget. There's lots of apps for different demographics of people. I mean, we've all existed and gotten on with our lives pretty well, knowing that Grinder is out there. And there's <laughs> like, it's not. I've never been like, oh, Grinder has to include me. No, we know mm-hmm. exactly who it's for, and that's fine. Um, there's apps based that, that for dating based based like solely on religion there's jewish dating apps there's muslim dating apps christian dating apps so to do anything for like and go after a female app you would then have to look at you'd have to apply it to all of the other apps that are out there um and then in terms of our like hosting and stuff like that um we were very smart about how we well that sort of stuff that's all i'll say oh good <laughs> good yeah because you you don't really think about that until you saw what happened with Parlor, and when that got taken, I think it might be back up. I haven't checked, but um, it's way. I think I haven't it? checked in the last few days. Yeah, we have. So I like I. I always say this to people, and especially that like, there'll be sometimes there'll be like tech men who come after me, and they they talk to me, and they treat me. It's like they think I coded Giggle, and I'm like. Oh, <laughs> No, <laughs> I don't even talk to the coders most of the time. My dad works at Google. He's our intern. He's intern fairy um, because he understands tech language. I do not. If you put me in a room talking to the coders, who's, I mean, we speak complete, completely different languages to each other. Mm-hmm. They don't understand my colorfulness and I don't understand their completely dry language. It, it, we're like almost two different species. <laughs> um, and so my dad is the one who, like, who, project manages them and works with them every day because he's the filter that I go through. Mm-hmm. Um, and he knows how to filter <clears throat> the lunacy that I go on about. Um, so yeah, so I didn't code it. I also, I didn't write the algorithm. <laughs> I'm not a math scientist. <laughs> I, I wanted to create an app for women and then found the amazing people who could help make that happen. And it's just, so lucky that a friend of my dad's actually um, is a back end and algorithm builder man. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. He's a techie. 
Yeah. And so he does all of that. And so he was, when we were working out and sort of, you know, you've got to work out obviously what the app is going to be, but then you've got to work out how you're going to actually build it and map all of that out. And he made some absolutely brilliant decisions um, along the way of that, that, um, so, so for example, the problem with, with Parler, what their big issue was is when Amazon web services dropped them, it's because you can, when you're doing your back end, you can use Amazon's code all of that sort of stuff. So mm. then you've used all of that. That's going to change sort of the relationship or what the control they have over your platform. We don't have that. Oh, good. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah, that's like, that's a lot of control, right? Because it's like, well, private mm. companies can do what they want unless it goes against the narrative. Because I would assume a lot of the people that are yelling at you were probably cheering when Trump got booted off Twitter. That's the thing. Yes. Mm -hmm. 100%. Yes. Um, I had, there was someone the other day that like um, a trans woman who did a post and tagging in um, Apple support saying, you know, this should be removed. It does. They they do say it. Mm -hmm. Um, And two things. One, I'm able to, I do step in and have a conversation and say like, no, I like there are apps for trans people. Mm-hmm. There's three biggest ones. There's Tammy, TS, and I think one's just called tr- straight up trans. Mm-hmm. They named it anything other than what what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, so they would have to remove them. And no, I'm completely in support. I think it's fantastic. That is actually what is needed. I think trans people should be able to connect. There's 100%. different experiences and a different. It, it's such a unique journey that I'm never going to be able to comprehend. Um, and then also we have, I have some just, I've met on through Twitter, like the Buck Angel and so many other amazing transgender people who come in and, and support and, um, put some trolls in their place when they come after me, which I'm just uh, forever grateful. There's one, um, she's asked to be called transsexual woman. So I always do. Her name's Naya. I think she's in Scotland one of the funniest people I've ever met. And whenever trolls are coming after me, I'm always just like, Naya, can you please jump in here? And she's just like, <laughs> and she's just like, she's like my little trans fairy who comes in, <laughs> and like tells people like, no, this is how it is. And but she gets so much hate. Uh, it's just, and, and blocked by like, someone will call me anti-trans and then she'll come in and say, no, she's not. I I'm 30 years into being my, into my transition. I know what I'm talking about. And then the person will block her. Like, do you think that they're actually the people that are yelling at everyone? Are they actually part of that community or they're just jumping in and well, trying to claim it? Well, as I said, so when you've got like, say, if it's just like a little random Twitter troll, I don't really care. But like, say yesterday, it was a journalist that called me anti-trans. And so Naya jumped in and went, how dare you say that? Then that journalist blocked Naya. And I'm like. But you, you're blocking her. <laughs> you're not listening to her, and she just has a different perspective. She has a she just has a different opinion. She just doesn't adhere to some of the dogma that you are. She's still trans. If that's what we're not going the right for, kind, though. Yeah, but it's like if we're going for trans rights here, and trans rights are human rights. Isn't part of the rights of trans rights to be able to think for yourself and be your own person and not adhere to ideology? I mean, that's a pretty basic, right? Because mm-hmm. this is one of the things we were just going back to what we were saying earlier when, it, when you, with the trans rights thing, trans people have rights. They're very, very protected. I, say, I don't know anyone that's like saying like, let's take those away. Like, no. I don't know, maybe no. I live in like a bubble, but I don't mm-hmm. see that. 
The only rights they don't have universally are in, to be in women's included in women's spaces and women's sport. It's changed mm-hmm. a little bit now with the executive order in the US in terms mm-hmm. of sport, which like I'm like Biden, I'm on your side. And that's the first thing you do. It's just it's devastating. Yeah. It's like of all the things you could have done when you first got in there, like that was pressing. And like, again, we were yeah. like ignoring, we're ignoring data. Like the, there's yeah. enough scientific evidence that the average couch potato man, his grip strength is more than that of a one of a woman that is like in the Olympics, like an Olympic yes. athlete, athletic woman. Yeah. Couch that's potato what, man. Yeah. You don't, you don't stand a chance. Nothing. There's like literally, but that's why we're physically scared of them. <laughs> because you can have a guy who's done nothing but watch Netflix for five years mm-hmm. and he's still going to be stronger. Like mm-hmm. I, I run every day. I run about eight kilometers a day, which is in miles, not much. Um, <laughs> it's about five, four or five miles. That's a lot. Yeah. So I do it. It's like my one hour a day where I, like, I don't have to think about giggle. I have to talk about giggle. I like my sanity hour. But I notice when I'm running, so I've been, I've been fit for my life. There are like people like men in their seventies who will run past me and I don't run slow. Mm-hmm. Like I can sort of do like eight kilometers in like 45 minutes. This is not, it's not slow. No. And yeah, like I had one yesterday and I was like, Oh, grandpa. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it Men and women are different. Our strides are different. Every, everything about it. Mm-hmm. It's just, and it's so unfair because when you th- like think of things, especially in America with how the education system is set up and everything, how many women, especially in underprivileged situations, use athletic scholarships to change their lives. Mm-hmm. We're not going, no, there's just, there's going to be so many cases where no matter how hard they try, they can't beat the men. And there's this narrative at the moment, oh, this will just make women train harder. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Are you going to go and tell Serena to her face that she doesn't train hard enough? Mm-hmm. That, well, that's what's been the problem with women athletes. They're just not trying hard enough. No. Yeah, she's like a beast of a woman too. Like if there was mm-hmm. ever like the epitome of like the athletic, like mm-hmm. superpower woman, right? That it yeah. would be her. It would be her. And I think she cannot beat the men. Yeah, I was going to say they've they've yeah. done that, right? Like they've done like yeah. studies or they actually tried it, but yes, Serena and Venus played a doubles match years ago against I can't remember who it was against, but they lost like six one six one. Yeah, they've lost. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's... it doesn't get more powerful than 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 than, uh, than those women. Um, yeah. yeah, so if they can't do it, we're all doomed. Exactly. Like even um, the Australian Open was just on. And I was one of the things I was focusing on when I was watching it is like the speed of the men's serves versus the women's serves. There's like, you know, a man will do a serve and it's like 220 kilometers an hour. And a woman like Serena was doing ones and it was like 179. Well, that's completely different when you're returning that. And then you've got the strength behind it as well. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I mean, if someone was... Like, oh, God, if Serena was serving at me, I mean, I'd duck. I'd be petrifying. <laughs> but, it, I mean, I'd be it, – it's, it, it's just nonsense to think that that there aren't these differences. And I think the differences should be celebrated because we're not saying one is better or worse. It's not like 
men are stronger to there for the better or women are weaker athletically or physically so we're worse no we're just different Mm -hmm. that's like the cool interesting thing we're just different we're better at other things like being a human yeah, I I don't right like the, I don't like the the push that like every like the whole equal outcome like that's essentially what the argument is right like yeah. it's like equal outcome they like, they don't want equal opportunity because I mean there's other like you could either have the biological women that agree to to play the sport knowing that this person is trans right and that's their right if they want to try to compete go for it um, mm-hmm. but I do feel like that needs to be disclosed especially if it's in like a, a physical contact sport. Um, I mean, I'm, followed. Oh, I'm kind of weirdest about it. I think that like rules are rules. We live in a society where you have to have rules and you mm-hmm. can't be making decisions all of the time or you can't be thinking, oh, hang on, which rule? How does this apply here? What's the technicality of it? I think that if it, no one is saying trans people can't play sport, right. you just have to play it in the sex class of which you were born. That's it. Mm-hmm. Uh, of which you exist in. So, you know, there's a case in Australia um, with a trans woman AFL player who's like six foot three, I think, and like 200 something pounds. One woman's leg has been broken. So, which injuries happen in sport, no matter what, and in female on female sport, injuries can happen. So it's not like I'm saying this is only unique to that situation. Obviously not. Um, But when you see pictures, this, um, this, male just towers over everybody else it's it's just quite crazy but you're a bigot if you bring that up and then mm-hmm. who's the woman that missed out on a spot on the team mm-hmm. and so also when i see like podiums there's a, lots of pictures you'll see like that it's starting to go around because it is happening more and more and you'll have the trans woman in the first position and then the second and third and i feel sorry for those women but i also feel really sorry for the woman who came fourth Mm-hmm. I just, I think it's just, I think it's wrong, really, really wrong. And for especially like for someone like Biden, for that to be the f- one of the like basically the first thing, like the first day. Well, he, he kind of he did kind of say that's what he was going to do. Like everything. Yeah, I just yeah. sort of I hoped that it was a campaign slogan. Mm-mm, he, no. also said, he also said he was going to give people thousands of dollars to live on, and that hasn't happened. So I mean, they yeah, do see stuff, and it doesn't. It doesn't come into fruition so the fact that that one did I think was really really disappointing and I've talked to people here in Australia about it because um say some of our sporting institutions have been captured by it and the ones who work there who don't adhere to it they say they it's very clear a woman is going to have to be injured or die before people will take notice and Perhaps, but there was, I would say the thing that sparked a lot of the conversation when it came to sports was um, Joe Rogan was talking about Fallon Fox. Mm -hmm. And um, I mean, Fallon was wrecking people, like absolutely wrecking women, like to an uncomfortable level. And there's still not like he's really like the loudest person about that. I haven't seen like a lot of people that are like, you know what, maybe we shouldn't do this. This isn't really okay. So I think that. The reason why people don't stop with that one is they're like, oh, well, it's violent anyway. But it's Which is absurd. different. Yeah, it's I very really agree. different. I've, seen, I've watched it. I've seen, I mean, you, you, I've seen it. it you, how you could be any way an empathetic person and watch that and go, oh, this is good. And you're just a moron. But 
I I do wonder if it will take something like I don't know, handball, or I mean, what what like I mean swimming, um, all these yeah. different. You know, men men are faster at swimming. They're faster at everything. 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 It's like a it's a muscle fiber situation, but. I yeah. think, like you said earlier, we tend to overcorrect. And I think, unfortunately, mm. there's going to be a lot of nonsense before we, again, overcorrect. And the people that are going to probably suffer those consequences are the people that we're allegedly, supposedly trying to protect, right? Mm. It's just yes, it's, it's the nature it's, of the I, beast. I do think this is an overcorrection. But I've also made the point that, do you know what one group never gets an overcorrection on? women <laughs> we tried the overcorrection should have well the, they stopped it before it could be an overcorrection with me too because i was there was parts of me too that i was critical of like you know it was, oh, i don't critical think, about a lot of it yeah like i wrote an article like in defense of aziz and zari for example i don't think that was a me too situation at all i dated in la for eight years i know what a cesspool that place is mm-hmm. um and i know what a bad date like a very bad date in la is like that was not one of them um mm-hmm to be completely fine. Um, but yeah, I, this whole thing I think really stems from that. I don't think it's a coincidence that this has happened to women after that. And I don't think that there'll ever be like an overcorrection for women after this. It'll be like, okay, fine. You can have your word back happy now. And that's mm. we'll have to just get on with it. But yeah, no, yeah. I mean the me too thing. <sighs> I'm okay with it being, I have these conversations, especially with guys all the time. I, I mean, I, I, there's seven different men in Hollywood that I could easily meet. It. I never have. Mm-hmm. Partly because I don't want to be associated with them. I don't want my name associated with their name that it's ever brought up together. Some of the, some of these men are people, names that people know. Mm-hmm. Um, some are not. Um, you know, there's lots of them and you don't say anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the problem the problem is is it turned from something that was that was real and had an, enough evidence behind it and like needed to be fixed and then somehow that switched to believe all women with no evidence with no like like you have the character of someone, right? Like the longevity yeah. of like who they've been in society for 30, 40 years. Like that totally gets discounted. So you could have a stand-up guy who's married with kids who's never, you know, done yeah. a single thing against someone else violently or sexually. And then yeah. one person is like, I'm just going to send a tweet. And then that per- that man's life gets imploded. There's no, like, trial. I'm, like, very mm-hmm. much against that. Like, it's supposed to be yeah, innocent would, until proven guilty. Do you know I'm what I mean? Just, yeah, I, I do. And I do agree with you. I'm a... I- I think that it's more complicated than that, though, because, first of all, no one believes all women. <laughs> so it's never happened. And you and so you, you often need more than one woman saying the same thing about a man for it to be believed. Um, one of the guys that, to me, I mean, he's a Hollywood guy, married, he's got kids. Um, he... Like I'm talking, hand, like we were having a drinks meeting, hands up, skirt, just absolutely disgusting behavior. Mm-hmm. Um, if I was to tweet it out, it would be that would be the reaction. He's married, he's got kids. What are you talking about? No one's ever made any allegations 
against mm. him before, I'd be like, cool, well, he did do this. That's the thing. I don't want that. I don't want to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, I do, pro- I do, like, it, so, you know, it's like, say, like, you know, you take Bill Cosby, it took, like, over 50 women, Harvey Weinstein. Um, mm-hmm. My friend was his longest-serving female assistant. Mm-hmm. And um, so I, she didn't know he was raping. Mm-hmm. She knew how horrible he was. Everyone knew how horrible he was. That was like like Hollywood's worst secret. Like he was notorious for being so horrible. He like throw staples at his assistants, like, mm-hmm. office equipment, and scream at them and, and mind control and horrible, 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 horrible man. Right, but then the overcorrection though is like when you look at young boys that are on college campuses, and then you have like the Title IX situation where a girl yeah. can just say, um, like maybe it's drunk sex, and then she regrets it, and she's like, "I was assaulted." That boy doesn't get a lawyer; he doesn't get to know that's, who accused yeah. him, and he gets booted from school. Like that's where it, that, where, yes, it's I where can, we started, where we are now. Yeah, I completely agree with stuff like that because we have to. And as women, it's really important that we understand the difference between us making a mistake. We've all drunkenly hooked up with someone and woken up the next morning and gone, oh, shit. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't have done that if I was sober. Mm-hmm. Um, so we, we've all made mistakes. That's totally fine mm-hmm. in that, like that way. You can't, yeah, you can't then go and abuse something and call every unwanted thing in like that mm-hmm. sexual assault. Um, I, yeah, that, that's, I, I completely agree with you there because yeah, I do agree that there, and understand that there are some men who are terrified to even approach a woman in a positive flirtatious way because mm-hmm. it can be misconstrued. And it's like, no, this is human interaction. We want to be able to have be approached by a nice man who thinks we're nice and what is going to treat us well. We need mm-hmm. more of that. Mm-hmm. We don't scare them away. <laughs> right. 100%. Yeah. So I know I, I agree with you there. That's yes, that that is wrong. But I mean, yeah, it, there should be, this should just be, I think it should, shouldn't be that hard or that this controversial when talking about like rape or sexual assault. I think that it, if it was handled better across the board, it would be different But because it's so handled so badly. We have a situation in Australia right now where this girl who worked at Parliament House, like at the government, her and a colleague, um, they were at a work event. They had drinks. They, he, they were going home together. They were both drunk. Or she was drunk. I'm not sure if he was, but she was drunk. He said, I was going to stop in the office. They did. And she passed out on the couch, I think is the story, and then woke up and he was having sex with her. Mm. And now it's this huge big political scandal because which politicians knew about it, who didn't. And so it's a, this poor girl is going through everyone's worst nightmare right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a lot of, well, she was drunk. And, the, you know, there's a difference between drunkenly hooking up with a guy and drunkenly passing out on his couch and you wake up and he's having sex with you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very different animals. Yeah, so that's the thing where we're just going to be clear about stuff like that. And, yeah, I mean, it's all ridiculous, Candace, all of it. It all it all is, but it led you to, you know, creating, like, this really needed platform. Um, yes. And probably if you didn't go through all of the stuff in Hollywood when you were a screenwriter there, then maybe you wouldn't have been inspired to do all this. 
100%. I wrote screenplays about strong, independent women and always had a very, like, sort of feminist, female-centric message. They were usually, like, romantic comedies where by the end the girl, like, realized the relationship was with herself. Um, <laughs> none of them ever got made because I swear, like, male exec- – I'd sell them, but, like, male executives and directors would turn to the last page, 10 pages and go, there's no men on this. <laughs> turn it into paper airplanes. Um, but – yeah, no, I, it's like I've had horrible experiences in Hollywood and I, it took a lot to recover from, but they've all led me to here. And I, when I had realized I had to give up screenwriting and I'll never, ever write for money ever again, I came, became at peace with it when, I, when we created Giggle because it was actually doing something for women in a much more constructive way than writing. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm very grateful in that respect. Mm-hmm change it and yeah and now we have this like nice growing giggle community and women all over the world like that's my favorite part is like when there'll be women on there and it's like i'm in pakistan or i'm in spain and like hi i'm like i'm in australia i can't believe you know about giggle it's so cool Mm -hmm. yeah that's got to be awesome and again like with all the negative negativity you're getting from activists i mean i've seen you on a lot of really big podcasts. So again, like silver lining there, right? So they're giving you a bunch of advertising essentially. Yeah. It's like a double-edged sword because whenever like you, you get like all of the good stuff, like all of the like downloads and girls discovering giggle and starting to use it. And that, that's obviously awesome. It's the goal. And then you have the attacks happening at the same time. Mm-hmm. That's okay. I'm used to it now. Mm-hmm. Just I'm makes like, you more resilient. Well, they've sent me a f- photo of, the Grover Muppet in a noose. I honestly, that to me was, that, that was, I was like, that's the bottom of the bottom of a, a Muppet. And it was like the cutest little Grover as well. And I, I had such a problem with it. It really did bother me because I was born 10 weeks premature. And in my incubator, I had a Grover toy. So Grover's like always been my protector. because it's oh. my last And so, yeah, that sort of stuff, like it's horrible, but you just, that's why you have female platform so we can escape it and have a refuge away from it it's basically Mm -hmm. they prove the point they prove the need for it Mm -hmm. 100 percent. so do you want to tell the listeners um where they can follow you how they can support you and where they can find your app okay so giggle is on both the app store and google play just search giggle and then um and check out giggle talk because that is the thing i'm most excited about and it's where you get to the public feed where you get to see um, women's opinions and conversations from all around the world. And then I'm on Twitter at Sal tweets. It's two L's S A W L. I spell my own name wrong. And yeah, that's basically where I am. Well, thank you so much. Um, I had a great time and I wish you the best of luck. Thank you. I- that's it for this week's episode. If you enjoyed the podcast, please rate and review and don't forget to hit that subscribe button. You can also share this podcast with a friend. It helps my podcast grow and I really appreciate it. I hope to see you next week. 